Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries RPG podcast. I'm your host, John, and today I'm going to be asking the question, do monsters and villains really need to follow the same rules as the players? We'll be discussing it right after this. So, you might be saying, John, why have you put those asterisks on the the title that scrolled across at the start of the video. Now, the reason I've put that there is because I don't believe that monsters and villains necessarily need to follow the same rules as the player characters in your games. And I'll talk about why I think that in a few moments. However, that does come with a number of qualifiers represented by the asterisks on the title. So, first of all, why don't I think that the, the monsters, the baddies, the villains, if you will, need to follow the same rules as the players. Well, first of all, it keeps an air of mystery about the bad guys. Because after all, you will have some players, I'm not one of them because I don't have a good enough memory, but you'll have some players who've read all the books are back to front, they've memorised all the rules, and if you just have a, a bad guy come out who's following exactly the same rules, there will be some players who can look at them and go, Oh, he's a level 10 fighter, he's got these abilities, he's going to be hitting with these bonuses, he's going to be able to have this much treasure, etc, etc. And that removes sort of instantly any level of mystique from the game. Whereas what you really want is you want your players to be a little uncertain when they're going up against a villain, especially if it's like a sort of end of level boss effectively or it's a climactic encounter in one of your games of course if they've researched the villain in game that's a different matter and we'll be talking a little bit about that in a few moments but if it's just a case of they've memorized all the rule books then just having someone blurt out all the strengths and weaknesses of a bad guy in the middle of the encounter or at the start of it just can kill all that tension and can sort of ruin that suspension of disbelief. Now, of course, not all players are just going to blurt out all the details. And obviously, you could change the sort of stats and tweak the NPC midway through an encounter. But it's a lot more difficult to do that sort of thing on the fly than it is to have your NPC or your villain prepped in advance, maybe with some abilities that don't follow the standard character rules, and just run from there. And if we look at the monster stats in D&D, this is no new thing. There are numerous monsters out there that have abilities, certainly in older D&D, which is what I'm mainly talking about because that's primarily where my GMing and playing experience comes from, that have rules and abilities that the player characters can't even dream of. Let's take an obvious example. Let's take the vampire. They can summon various types of animals, they can level drain people, they can turn into mist, they can regenerate, and all of these are abilities that the player characters cannot possess. However, they're also abilities that pretty much everyone already knows about. So if you're having a big iconic sort of bad guy of a, a recognizable type, like a vampire or or a, an ogre or a giant or something like that. If you've got players who have been playing D&D for a while, 
they're probably going to have at least a vague idea of how that monster works. Trolls are another good example. Pretty much everyone who's played old D&D for a while knows that trolls regenerate and you need fire or acid to stop them doing it. And I've got a terrible memory and even I remember that just because it's such an iconic part of that monster. However, recently in my now finished Smoke and Snow campaign, the players encountered some trolls in an underground lair and I actually used the troll stats from the preview material from Necrotic Gnomes upcoming Dolmenwood campaign. And they're a bit more sort of fairy tale style trolls with differences in their stats and their abilities. And although I sort of described them and made them seem very much like the standard trolls, once the player characters have taken a couple of hits from them and strange things start happening, their sort of eyes widened and they quickly took the encounter a bit more seriously because they're like, hey, these aren't the standard trolls that we're used to facing. So that's all very well and good, but how do you go about varying your, your monsters, if you will? Well, there's a few different ways you can do it. The easiest way to do it, and I've talked about this before, is just to reskin it. Perhaps instead of it turning into a cloud of mist and drifting away, your vampire turns into a cloud of bats and flies away, or it turns into a mass of writhing shadows and disappears, or a, or a pool of ambulatory blood or something like that. Even just tweaking the visual aspect of it can cause the players to be a little less certain about what's going on and what capabilities these creatures have. And the advantage of reskinning is that you don't really need to change any of the rules. You're just changing how you describe the monster to your players. Another way of doing it is to simply remove that ability, then have a look through your monster manual or whatever, look for an ability that's roughly of sort of similar power level and usefulness, and copy it over. So I don't know, perhaps you find a... Uh, Perhaps you find a creature that had like a, like a blink dog or something that has a, a a lesser sort of version of teleportation, and you substitute that in. So instead of turning into a cloud of mist, your vampire is able to now blink between different areas, and that doesn't massively increase its power rating. And obviously, you know, even if it does increase it a bit, you can judiciously use it so they don't use it all the time. But once a player character encounter this vampire that can seemingly wink out of existence and reappear in different places, they're going to take that a lot more seriously. They're going to know, oh, this isn't the usual sort of vampire we, we face. We need to like, rethink, reassess. And that's where investigating these monsters can really come in useful. You know, if you've got um, sort of sage-like characters that either as a character or as in the Lost Arnasonian classes supplement that I talked about on my channel, or you have an NPC that you've hired, you do some background research or some legwork, you can then feed in some of this lore to explain why can this vampire teleport? Is it a specific type of vampire? Is it something unique to how this vampire was cursed with their particular state of being? And that can all allow you to add a lot of extra background flavor to your villain. So what about those asterisks that I talked about earlier? Well, the thing is, if you're going to give your monster extra powers, so you're not just changing them, you're giving them additional suites of powers, then you probably need to balance that out by either removing old ones, as I said earlier. The other possibility is to give them a defined weakness 
which the player characters with judicious background research can exploit to not necessarily nullify these new powers, but just to give them a bit of a leg up and sort of level the playing field a little bit. And if we turn to our ever faithful vampire in old school D&D, we can see they have a number of weaknesses. They can't cross running water. They take damage from sunlight. If someone's wearing or wielding garlic, they have to make a save in order to attack them. They can be repelled by holy symbols and stuff like that. So let's say you add an extra power to your vampire. Maybe you add an additional weakness to them. Perhaps looking at real life mythology and folklore and pulling on that to determine the the nature of the weakness. So a good one for vampires would be the idea that a, a vampire is a compulsive count. You know, if, if grains of rice or sand or a, a knotted rope is thrown down in front of them, they have to stop and count all the grains or the knots in the rope and stuff like that. And that could be used by players who researched that background information to enable them to escape from the creature. Perhaps they find themselves in over the head with our miraculous teleporting vampire, but as they're fleeing, their sage or their magic user or whatever suddenly throws down a bag of marbles behind him or caltrops or whatever. And while the vampire spends D3 rounds or whatever you decide, counting up all those little objects that have been thrown on the floor, they're able to make good their escape. So there you are. Those are my thoughts on do NPCs, bad guys, monsters, etc. need to follow the same rules as the player characters. I don't think they do, and I think, in fact, in some ways, by following the same rules, it can actually sort of damage people's immersion and the ability to suspend disbelief. But if you're going to tweak their powers or give them extra powers, you need to have some way that the, the player characters can discover this, not just by having it used on them in a combat. And also, you need to come up with a way that intelligent players and characters can find a way to work around it or at least give themselves a bit of a leg up to level the playing field to even the score so to speak even if not totally so what are your thoughts on monsters following the same rules as player characters do you think they should always follow the exact same rules or you're a bit more laissez-faire with it or do you have your own system for determining their powers their strengths and their weaknesses Either way, we'd love to hear from you. Perhaps you'll be featured in a future voicemail response episode of the podcast. If you'd like to get in touch, you can do so a number of different ways. You can drop us a voicemail on either SpeakPipe or Anchor, link in the description down below, or you can send us an email to rddrpgpodcast at gmail.com. So until we see you again, take care, stay safe, and whatever you're playing, have fun. Catch you soon.